0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Thomas, a product that's over at Cardly. So However, today, we we'll are doing something a little bit different, as we're doing a short episode whereby it's a one-on-one, and we're deep diving into a certain topic that is close to Thomas, and exactly his experience that he does on a day-to-day basis, and a little bit about his past as well. So, before we dive into that topic, which is moving to different domains, and upskilling as a product owner or manager... I'd like to get a little bit of an intro from Thomas himself. So I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and maybe a quick fact about outside of work as well. Yeah. So uh, my name is Thomas.
1: I'm based here in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. I work for a company called uh, Cardly um, as a product owner. And um, I've worked with product development in something like 10, 12 years, can't remember exactly. Um, basically, in all roles, starting out as a developer, working into uh, business analysis, and then taking over uh, the product owner role uh, some years back. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting with uh, product development, uh, how you uh, can have different roles, but then you're always looking at how do you make the best product for uh, the end user and the customer. Personally, I uh, live in Denmark on a small island uh, called Amma, just outside of uh, Copenhagen. Copenhagen arches into it a bit uh, with my wife and uh, two children.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organisation to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So, I suppose the reason for this podcast is to hopefully provide value for aspiring product managers, current product managers, and just deep diving a little bit about some of the things that you mentioned there in terms of moving from different domains. I mean, me and you've had a conversation previously, I could see that you've worked at plenty of different organisations and plenty of different domains, so to speak, different challenges, of course. So I suppose that the best thing to do would be to give the listeners a little bit more insight on that. So just tell us a little bit more about the different domains that you work with.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I started out my early days uh, in the energy sector for an oil company. Um, There I actually started out as a developer, but I think I spent as much time uh, listening to uh, users and uh, people about actually what problems they had and what they were trying to solve with IT or or perhaps how I could help them solve some of the issues they had with IT. again, after a stint of a couple of years there, moved into the transport sector. Uh, Again, you know, it was an easy-ish move uh, because a lot of the stakeholders were, again, uh, internally. It was sort of uh, implementing and developing internal systems that were to be used across the organization. What was interesting here is obviously the size of the organization with... uh, Something like ninety thousand employees located globally, all around the world, with everyone actually uh, needing to uh, to use it and ha- use the system and have some sort of opinion about what the system should be able to do. So again, it's it's uh, listening to many, many different stakeholders and customers, and you know uh, what what the people in Copenhagen thought system needed to be used for uh, was not always uh, aligned to what the expectations were in the different regional countries and end users around the world so that was also quite interesting uh, to get involved in that and understanding you know it's not just the end users and what they need it's also understanding the whole business like what is we're trying to solve here you need to understand you know what drives the business and what is it the business needs and wants uh to be able to go and sell to their customers right um so it would be very difficult to solve a problem like that just by isolated looking into uh just one user having one process uh had to look at the much bigger picture to actually make the best possible solutions there after uh, three years working in uh, different initiatives there, I moved on to uh, banking. So a uh, complete turn of uh, events again. I started out in the trading space of, uh, of banking, more specifically the post-trade area. So essentially what happens after you have executed a trade. Uh, again here, it's, it, it wasn't just enough to figure out what are the, you know, needs of the internal processes or uh, even the customers here uh, working in just a space because you have to look into the whole value chain, like the whole what happens even before the trade is executed to executing the trade to then the post trade and the back office uh, tasks uh, that are involved with that um, to actually make sure that you make solutions that work great end-to-end and not just solve a single little problem right uh, very interesting uh after that having sort of got my foot inside the, the banking area i moved to uh credit and risk area uh more specifically uh, debt management um so you know working with uh, Clients who have a hard time paying their debts, for example, um, which then moved into uh, more of some anal- analytics roles uh, that then uh, ended up in compliance, basically, uh, looking into uh, AML and, and anti-money laundering and so on. So uh, having been you know, around most of how a bank operates in uh, terms of both compliant risk management, the trading area, the markets area, um, I then after five years ended up in Carly, which is uh very different bowl game from what I had been working with before coming from sort of large corporates down to, uh, scale up. Um, you can say some of the elements working for scale up were also some of the elements uh, that were important in the markets area with, with time to money or sorry, time to market being important. Um. Uh, but also, you know, uh, the more the freedom to, you know, not be, have this rigorous uh, framework that you sometimes need to go through when you want to develop product or solutions uh, within the the banking area, which in at least some areas are very, very heavily regulated, or even just making minor changes can take six months to have approved and released. So... Um, uh, that was sort of my journey around in the different uh, sectors.
0: Well, so yeah. you've made a a nice little analogy there and an, an overview perhaps of working at some large corporations and then moving into more of a scale-up, some of the benefits that it has in terms of bureaucracy and being able to get things over the line. But I suppose one of the things that I wanted to ask was you've got a variation in experience from working in large companies to scale-ups that you're currently at as well as different industries. So you've obviously gone from an oil company through to a bank, even compliance, and now a small scale up where you're dealing with, you know, what you do over at Cardly. So just tell me a little bit more about what skill you find essential. What's the overarching skill that you've took from opportunity to opportunity and you continue to use in your day-to-day work now?
1: Yeah. I think one of the, the best skills for abilities to have, and I think, you know, just both makes a yeah, yeah great ability for a developer uh, or business analyst or even a product owner slash product manager is to understand you know what is it we're trying to solve Um, not just uh, you know getting a list of requirements or saying okay this is what we need to do but actually trying to understand the problem behind uh, that we're trying to solve so that we can make the best solution and maybe make a solution that's not just catering for you know xyz that one person might say this is what we need like so look into yeah how can we make it even better how can we strive to you know not just remove one part of the process but maybe even make a completely new process that's even easier or how can we invent something new that will actually solve the problem but also give the potential of selling to even more clients for example i think it's a very important skill to uh to actually understand the problem then you also uh, to some degree at least avoid developing something and then down the line i think this is uh, typically an it development at least in, in some companies where you go down and uh, agree on something you start development you present it to, uh, to the customer or the client and then they say, well, that's actually not what I wanted. I wanted this instead. Um, I think most people have
0: tried that during uh, their careers at some point. i just got a quick follow-up question there. So inevitably, I think it's a, a great suggestion you put forward is one of the key skills that you took from role to role is to identify the problem. And I think you did was a, an in-depth answer when you were sort of probing at the fact that you always ask how I mean how can we do this how can we do that how can we do that is there any other tips or tricks you give to anybody else within the industry in terms of uncovering that problem
1: yeah uh, I, I would definitely say it's important to know what you're trying to accomplish uh, like I said before me trying to figure out what, what problem is it that we're trying to solve but even now working at Cardley, for example it could be a uh, a partner we're working with, for example, uh, has an idea of a feature or solution that we like to, uh, to uh, put into the market. I think one of the interesting or essential things to need uh, to investigate here is also, well, what problems are we solving in the market by offering this new feature? Instead of just saying, someone else does it, let's do it. Uh, I think it again comes back to the most important skill, Really, being able to put yourself in the end user or the customer's position and figure out what is it we're trying to solve, what brings value here, right? Being value-driven in your approach about how you develop solutions also make sure that you don't develop stuff just for the sake of developing it. I mean, uh, if you read some of the text and so on, I'm I'm sure uh, you'll see somewhere someone mentioned something about the eighty twenty rule, right? you spend 20% of the time developing 80% of the functionality and 80% of the time developing you know 20% of the functionality as long as you're uh, you're being smart about what you're trying to solve um you can even you know put those odds in an even better favor I would say but also sort of play around with with uh talking through so if we do that you know doing some journey maps or story maps or we're talking through the journey with with whoever you might be discussing a feature or a request with um, to sort of sell them the idea of, of how it could work instead of just, uh, you know, black and white writing down needs to do this. And then we go away. We don't talk to each other. Then a uh, couple of weeks or a month later, whenever uh, the feature is done, you go back and then you present now we have this feature that does XYZ, et cetera, et cetera. All the checkboxes are marked. Here you go. And then you present it to a customer and they say, well, this is actually not what I want. Either the process is hopeless or uh, I see limited value from this, right? So it's, it's really trying to understand the problems you're trying to solve and align on that before just starting product
0: development. Well, suppose one of the things that I'd like to uncover then is coming from so many different domains, different sizes of organizations is how do you deal with having perhaps different end customers? That's inevitably a challenge when you move from one company to another is that the the end, co- end customer may be few or it may be many. So how do yeah. you deal with that as you progress through your career? Yeah, so uh, it's a very interesting question
1: to uh, to actually dive into. I mean, in my early days of my career, I worked in an oil company. Stability uh, is like most important, uh, having a platform not produce oil for even an hour, extremely expensive. Um, so, uh, just being able to 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 understand, you know, I was working in te- internally with the end users there. Uh, some of them extremely high paid uh, consultants, experts in their own uh, area, using software that was incredibly expensive. So just. Uh, helping them uh, uncover what parts of their day do they actually spend time wasting on stuff that they don't need to be wasting on. It could be uh, ensuring that um, the work that they're doing, that there's automatic backup of that. So in case the computer went down or something else happened, that they wouldn't lose many hours of work. It could also be uh, you know ensuring that uh, documents that they needed once in a while were actually easily accessible in one way or another way. Um, then, you know, when you move into to uh, shipping and it's all about volume and, you know, earning a few bucks and every box you're shipping across the world, right? I think the, the markets have changed since then, but it, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, uh, understanding, okay, how can we actually ensure that what we're doing, we do in a very cost-effective way also uh, so that we still, you know, can can earn that little bit on every single thing we do. And then of course, when you move into banking, it's, well, a compliance is a very big thing and, you know, actually living up to the different regulations and uh, complying to that, that is with risk management, one of the the key, uh, key parts of the role and understanding that, and then trying to navigate that space while well, then still thinking about customers that is uh <laughs> that is how the complexity is there right because obviously you want to do so much for customers but you know regulation just says uh yeah no, but you can't really do that so um it's it is uh it is pretty complex to move around um but i think as long as you remember who's important that remember to understand the end users or customers needs and try to figure out what they are needing then all of the other aspects that's you know time you spend researching it but how can you then solve the problem right obviously in roles like business analyst or product owner you do have specialists that you can rely on like SMEs or architects or even compliance officers, et cetera. You can go and ask about all these different things to make sure that, you know, the whole plan or the whole you know product or solution you're trying to do actually can work with all the aspects. So uh, again, go back to uh, key skills, right? Stakeholder management and the ability to communicate and talk with diff- many different levels of an organization. It's very, very important, right?
0: Yeah, I think definitely some great answers there. And I love the way through this episode, albeit a short one. You have provided a holistic view and put forward some of the challenges that you faced along the journey. I think that's valuable in itself. But I suppose one of the questions I'd like to do, rather than making it holistic, I'd rather ask a personal question to round off the episode and make it a little bit more detailed to to you, Thomas. So I suppose you're operating as a product owner. What inspires you as a product owner to perform at your best? I think I've had uh, at least a few times,
1: probably also more than a few times, where throughout my career, I have developed the product uh, with someone or with an end user or even to a customer, where we have, we've talked through you know what, what are the needs that we need to solve and what, what, what is that? and then actually demoing it to them or showing them that now now it's ready, and just seeing them, you know. Whoa, this is like Christmas, right? We're finally having this problem solved that we've, you know, it's been bugging us for maybe even years, right? It could be someone who's done something mind bogglingly boring for years just because they had to do it and suddenly they don't need to do it anymore. Uh, something has become simpler, easier, and you know, it just changes the whole way they, they might uh, go about their day at work, right? Uh, seeing people light up and be happy with what they
0: get, I mean, that's just incredibly giving, right? So I suppose the, the overarching is providing value, finding something interesting. Exactly. That's two
1: fundamentals. Exactly. I think uh, uh, here at Cardly, specifically, what I also think it's fun uh, is that it's it's one of the, the places I've worked where I Get to use the product the most, uh, you can say because it's it is uh, consumer focused uh, products that we're building. So uh, I can go out on a daily basis and basically use the product myself and I can also, you know see what maybe I think myself uh, might be a bit better product. Not that I haven't been able to do that in in my other roles uh, I've also always tried to do that, but uh, you know, compared to working with uh, transaction monitoring in the bank, I would not have access to the actual system or, you know, be able to look at the actual transactions or anything like that in a role as product owner, because, you know, that's not my job. Uh, so it's more about, you know, building a roadmap and meeting sort of compliance requirements instead of actually getting a tangible product in your hands that you can use and field and you can share, you know, with, with customers. I think that's, that's
0: awesome. And it's nice that you fell into a position like that and you found somewhere that you can you can genuinely enact the things that are important to you and do inspire you. And for anybody listening to this, Cardley, great organisation. If you've never heard of them, be sure to go and check them out after this episode. Reach out to Thomas for any more information as well. But I mean, it was great to have you on today, Thomas. Some really nice insights today. A little bit shorter for the audience as well, but really straight to the point and a nice overview of the entirety of your career. So thank you very much for that, Thomas thank you always have a great day and thank you for those who are listening speak soon